I talk to so many moms who say, Brooke, I want to pray for my kids. I just don't know how to start. That's exactly why I wrote my digital resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children. It's your how-to guide, giving you a very short, simple, step-by-step process for how I first started praying God's Word. Download it right away, and I'm not joking, you'll be praying God's Word by this afternoon. All you need is a Bible, a notebook, and a pencil, or your phone, if you prefer, somewhere to create a short list. You can find that freebie in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast. My name is Brooke McLaughlin, and we are here to make prayer the first and best response to the challenges of parenting, a partnership between you and the God who loves your children more than you do. Together, we're learning to pray God's word for our children in the areas they need it most. Now, I'm going to let you know a little secret. We're only two episodes into this season on The Blended Family, and I already have a whole list of things I've learned that I didn't know before. Last week, we hosted Ron Deal, who is an expert in the field. I loved learning from him about some of the core challenges that blended families face. His compassion for them was more than evident. But today, we're going to start jumping into some of those challenges more directly. To help us learn more about co-parenting in a blended family is my friend, Rachel G. Scott. Rachel is a devoted wife, mother, and Ohio native. She's also the author of the upcoming book, Taking the Five Leaps, which releases March 2024. As founder of the I Can't Come Down movement, speaker, and podcast host, she desires to inspire believers to walk in their purpose and assignment as they boldly take leaps of faith. Rachel came from a blended family, and she's a part of a blended family herself. And she's written several resources for the blended family, which will all be linked in our show notes. I can't wait for you to hear from her today. Remember to pick up your prayer guide to accompany this season, praying God's word for your blended family. In it, you'll find biblical teaching on the heart of the blended family and scripture inspired prayers for your family to help you learn to trust the Lord, to provide for all their needs, to wait on the Lord, to give you his best, to develop strong and lasting relationships, to overcome pain and brokenness from losses, and to walk confidently into the future, trusting God's plan for you. Download your copy now when you visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. After a word from our sponsors, we'll dive into this important conversation. Proverbs 30 verse 8 says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Unfortunately, we live in a world where difficulties, abuse, and even betrayal happens on a daily basis. This Bible verse is perfect to pray for your children and yourself. Having walked through her own story of betrayal, author Jennifer Lynn Heck knows firsthand the importance of this prayer. She writes about it in her book, Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace, available on Amazon. In the book, she shares what can happen when we become vulnerable and how God enables us to victoriously overcome. Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace is written as the story of Victoria Grace, a young woman born with a crippling physical disability who experiences betrayal, but overcomes and receives the healing only God can give. It's designed with beautiful, full-color pages, and Bible passages are creatively interwoven into the story. Discover how you and your family can use what Jennifer calls the word-activated response strategy in prayer to defeat Satan's deception and attacks and receive hope and encouragement in your own fiery trials. Get your copy of Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace now on Amazon. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, Rachel, welcome so much to the Million Praying Mom Show. I'm so glad that you're here. Before we get into your story, tell us a little bit about yourself. For those that may not know who you are, give us a little bit of background on you. Tell us about your family, about your ministry, things like that. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, Brooke. Every time I get to have a conversation with you, it's a blessing. So I truly appreciate it. We're out here in Ohio. I'm a native of Ohio. My husband and I, we have seven children all together. So he had three, I had two, and then we had two together. So he had three from his first marriage and um, his first wife passed. I had two from divorce and then we had two children together. So we became a blended family in 2011. And it has been quite the journey when it comes to life and blending within the household, navigating things outside of the household. So we have a ministry called Better Than Blended and we have books and resources there. And then I have one called I Can't Come Down as well as a podcast called Taking the Leap. You are a multi-passionate person, if I have ever seen yes. one. <laughs> you really have a lot of different things that you're doing. And I admire that so much because I am also a multi-passionate person and have lots of different things that I feel like God has called me to have my hands in. It is hard sometimes to juggle all that though, right? And I imagine yes. it makes it even harder to have seven kids you're juggling as well. Absolutely. Thankfully, the older kids are older, they're adults. So that makes it a little easier. But for sure, when you have, I feel like a child, whether it's seven or one, there is those challenges of balancing life and work, family life balance, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that when our oldest son, so our oldest son just graduated from high school and he is now in college, he's a freshman in college. And I thought when he left that things would get, well, I knew they would change. I'm not sure I exactly knew what was going to happen or what to expect, but I kind of thought things would get a little bit easier. And as it turns out, that one child that's left over now wants all of my attention because brother is not here to give him any right. And And on top of that, the younger brother doesn't have his driver's license yet. And older brother was his chauffeur. So I feel like I've taken a step backwards. Like I got to yes. take him everywhere. So yes, you're absolutely right. Whether it's one or seven, it is definitely a balance. For sure. And so I'm just super excited to have you with us today. I love your voice. I love what you're doing. And I appreciate how much you love the Lord and want to serve out of the experiences of your life. I really, really appreciate that. So what I would love for you to do is to tell us uh, a little bit more of the story of your blended family and how you became passionate. You know, there's lots of blended families out there that don't use their story to minister for the kingdom. You felt called to do that. So tell us a little bit about that and why you're so passionate about it. Mm, This is a great question. So 
I grew up in a blended family. And interestingly enough, it's almost the same dynamics that I have now. So my dad had three children and his first wife passed. My mom had two children. She was divorced. And then she had myself and my sister, Leah. So she had Rachel and Leah. They had the two together. And so, you know, when my husband and I got married, I started paying attention to some of the similarities. And I started thinking about the things that I didn't have because of the blended family dynamic. Like I, I'd never in my life have had a holiday with all of my siblings, never a birthday, never had a holiday. You know, there were no traditions that included everyone. I feel like I found out about siblings later in life that I'm like, oh, this is, you know, I knew I had these siblings. And it's not because there wasn't a connection there. It was just that they were adults much older than I was. I'm the youngest of everyone. So just growing up in that and experiencing that, I knew that in order for it to look different for my children, because I wanted them to have traditions. I wanted them to be able to say they had holidays and birthdays with their siblings. My husband and I had to initiate something different. So we started looking for resources and there were a few, but we didn't find the resources that we felt like we needed to really give us those practical tools of walking alongside it with you. I'm in it with you. So we were like, you know what? The entrepreneurs in us just said, why not create it? And to be honest, initially, I didn't feel qualified for it. I felt like we're just getting started. What right do we have to talk about it? Until I realized we have plenty of right because we are a blended family and we grew up in a blended family. My husband as well, he truly didn't even realize he was a blended family. He hadn't even heard of that word until I said, well, you have a stepmom and you have siblings and your mother, and your father, you know, so I had to point those things out to him. And he's like, oh my goodness, I never realized that. So it was just his normal, you know, he didn't even think of it. And then once we got married and then into the same household, we realized how important it was for us to not only find what worked for us, but find how we could serve other people in the process. I love that. So I've been reading some statistics about blended families because I don't come from a blended family. I'm not in a blended family. I have lots of friends who grew up that way. And I, you know, I got to see some of the greatness of it. I also got to see some of the harder realities of it and Mm -hmm. things like that, but it wasn't my personal experience. And so I've been trying to read some and learn more as I've prepared for this season. And I saw a statistic that said that 40% of American families are blended families and that there is a growing rate of 1300 a day, which that just blew me away. I mean, that just really gave me pause because I thought if ever there was a mission field into helping believing couples thrive. Here's a place where the church needs to step up and say, and I think it is different maybe now than it has been in years past. I think there are more churches that are embracing and, and trying to, um, you know, minister in that area. So I think we're doing a better job than we used to, but the statistics are just really kind of overwhelming. Anytime you actually look at numbers, you have to let it open your eyes to the need that there is for ministry in that area. So I'm really glad that you and your your husband felt called to do that. And I think about, you know, anytime we get married, whether it's a, a first marriage, whether it's a marriage after divorce, whether it's a marriage after death, we are blending something at that mm-hmm. point, right? We're blending yeah. the the families of origin in those two people. My husband and I were 
both babies of the family. And that comes with a certain amount of baggage because both of us were used to being that very yep. much fit that dynamic of being the baby of the family. And, and it was a, <laughs> yes. And so it was a struggle. There was some struggle. Uh, and maybe still we've been married 20 years. There probably still is some struggle for attention and struggle back and forth in that way that just was a part of who we are as we grew mm-hmm. up. So there's always a little bit of a blending, if you will. But when it's a second marriage or a third marriage, or you're not just bringing in your family history as far as like your parents and your your own siblings, you're bringing and, and blending the families. You're doing that. You're bringing that in, but you're also bringing in potentially children of those new marriages. And so I thought it might be fun as someone who has both lived this and experience it in your own marriage, if you could describe the feelings associated with learning to co-parent, like what three or four feeling words would you choose that best describes how it feels maybe in the beginning and then maybe now that you've been doing it for a while? Mm, I would say stressful, difficult, overwhelming, but possible. Like like that. All of those (laughs) words mixed together. Yeah, I think that's great. So what is the hardest part? What makes it so stressful and difficult? Yeah, I think it's the part that makes the blended family dynamic unique is the fact that you have so many other people's opinions and perspectives and say so involved in your everyday life. So for just the normal everyday family or the non-blended family, I should say, You know, you can say, I'm going to put my son in sports. I'm going to put him in soccer. But for the blended family, it's like, I want to put my son in soccer, but I have to consider, is that the weekend for the other parent? Is the other parent okay with that? What does the court order say about me doing that? So we can't just freely make decisions for our children because we have to take into consideration, not just this home, but a whole nother household. And that to me is what creates a lot of the stress amongst the fact that here's the reality, the relationship between you and the person didn't work out, but that doesn't mean that that's still not the parent of your child. And so trying to realize that this isn't a me and you battle, this is about raising our children. Everyone does not look at it that way. Some people are like, I am focused on the kids and other people are like, I'm focused on the principal. We didn't work out. I'm going to make things difficult. So Really knowing how to navigate that creates the stress and the difficulty and the overwhelm. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about this. Proverbs 30 verse 8 says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Unfortunately, we live in a world where difficulties, abuse, and even betrayal happens on a daily basis. This Bible verse is perfect to pray for your children and yourself. Having walked through her own story of betrayal, Author Jennifer Lynn Heck knows firsthand the importance of this prayer. She writes about it in her book, Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace, available on Amazon. In the book, she shares what can happen when we become vulnerable and how God enables us to victoriously overcome. Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace is written as the story of Victoria Grace, a young woman born with a crippling physical disability who experiences betrayal, but overcomes and receives the healing only God can give. It's designed with beautiful, full-color pages, and Bible passages are creatively interwoven into the story. Discover how you and your family can use what Jennifer calls the Word-Activated Response Strategy in prayer to defeat Satan's deception and attacks. 
and receive hope and encouragement in your own fiery trials. Get your copy of Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace now on Amazon. Yeah, I think sometimes people in a I don't know what to call it. A traditional family. I, I'm not sure exactly how to. Yeah, it's how a to traditional that, family. You said it better than what. I, that's yeah, what I, <laughs> I just want to. I want to call it the right thing. But I think in those traditional families, sometimes it's easy for us to overlook how difficult that can be. Yeah. Um, I I don't even have to think about it. Like you know, my husband and I have been married for 20 years, and our kids are 16 and 18 now, and if I want to sign my son up for something, like I already know if my, honestly, I mean, I'll run it by him, but I could probably tell you this is going to be okay, or this is not going to be okay. I don't even have to think that way. It is an entirely different way of thinking. I have a, a very dear family member who went through an extremely difficult divorce and is now remarried. And he constantly tells me, you will never understand what it's like to have to co-parent with someone, you know, that the relationship didn't work out with. And on the one hand, he's really right. I may never understand fully what that is. So Mm -hmm. I think having this conversation, you know, it's not only good because it helps a parent who is in the situation to feel understood and like there's a safe place to go and learn, but it also helps those of us who are not in the same position to have more compassion for our family members and our friends that are going through it instead of maybe getting frustrated with them because of the hoops that they have to jump through, we can have compassion and say, this is reality. This is not something that maybe is ever going away. And and we need to help and assist in those areas as we can. So yeah. And if I can say this, I do think that people like you who may not be in the blended family dynamic, I think your voice is still important in our lives. I always say, and I learned this through blended family. We need three people in our life. We need someone who just has tons of wisdom we need someone who has been through it already on the other side that we can look and say, oh, I'm going to get through this because your kids are grown. You're not dealing with the same things. And we need someone in it with us. So we need someone in it with us, someone who has wisdom and someone who's been through it. And so I do think that we need to be open to hearing the voices of wisdom that's around us because sometimes we can get so clouded by this when the family thing, it becomes the all in all of our life. And that is really what our goal was with Better Than Blended is helping people realize like you can still function as a blended family. You can still function as a family. You can still have traditions. You can still those hopes and dreams that you had. They don't have to die just because you're a blended family. And it does not have to be the bulk of your life is trying to fight and argue and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. That's such a good word. I think it's easy to create an identity for yourself that isn't necessarily the identity that God has for you. I have another friend that went through a, a divorce at one point several years ago now, and I kept finding her referring to herself as I'm divorced, I'm divorced, I'm divorced. And finally, I came to her and I said, you know what? You were divorced. Right. The divorce is something that, yeah. that happened to you. It's something that you went through. And certainly it has influenced who you are, but It happened. It's over. It happened. It doesn't have to be how you define yourself moving forward. You can be free to be who God's calling you to be right now. Anytime we knit ourselves together with someone and then there's a break, it can take a while to untangle that. And if there's children, it can take a long time and it may never fully be untangled. 
But that doesn't mean that you can't move forward into who God's called your new family to be and just choose to do that and choose to identify that way. Am I making sense? Absolutely. 100%. And you just proved the point that I was making, which is why your voice and your perspective was important to your friend because she could have been in the same blended family circle and everyone around her is like, yeah, I'm divorced too. I'm divorced. I'm divorced too. And you were like, pause, hold on. You're making this a part of your identity. So as much as we want to just isolate ourselves to only blended family people, because no one understands that may be true, but there are so many dynamics to the blended family journey that even someone else that's a blended family may not understand what you are walking through. Mm -hmm. So we have to ask God for the wisdom that he wants to give us through whomever he wants to deliver that to us. I love that. That's so good. All right. Well, let's get practical. Tell me, share some tips with us with our listeners who might be really struggling in this area of co-parenting and trying to figure out what is healthy and what is not healthy and and how to create something that is good for their children. I ran into a friend of mine from high school at the football game last Friday, and she was talking to someone a member of her family had been married to and shared a child with. And when that conversation was over and she and I were talking, the first thing that she said to me when that person left our presence was, she and my family member have done an amazing job Mm -hmm. of making that child's life not about this divorce yeah. or whatever. And I thought, wow, you know, cause that doesn't happen all the time. Yep. That's not, I, I wish that was the norm and I'm afraid that it might not be. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, so you're, you're right. <laughs> you are definitely right. Um, in my book, having courage in a custody battle, I talk about this idea of the 80, 20 rule and, you know, this has been used in so many different ways, but I wanted to make it very practical. So when you say, help like the the whole co-parenting dynamic, it can be very all-consuming because emotions get involved, real feelings are involved, and we forget that we're dealing with our children who all they want to see is peace. You know, all they want to see, you know, at the end of the day, that is their parent, whether we like that parent now or not, and vice versa. And so the idea of the 80-20 rule is for us to really pay attention and assess how much time am I spending on this if it's not healthy? You know, um, someone who's going through a custody battle, it can be all consuming. So I encourage them 20% of your time. And that means in conversation, responding to emails, talking to the attorney, 20% a day, which is a lot. Spend only 20% towards that and give 80% to living your life, to Mm -hmm. enjoying life, enjoying your family. So it's the same thing with the co-parenting. If it's a difficult co-parenting scenario, you can find that it's all consuming because You know, they're trying to dictate every move you make out of anger, out of frustration. Really, it's this battle that goes on. Sometimes it's really spiritual, especially if the person you co-parent with is not a believer or Mm -hmm. is not truly walking as a believer. And so you have to take on this 80-20 because if not, you will look up 10 years later and not only will you have missed things with your children, you will have missed your life. You will have missed what God has called you to. So this became real for me because during a difficult co-parenting season for me, my daughter was in school and, you know, going through the custody battle and all that. And I realized that year had gone by and she was struggling in school. I couldn't even tell you her teacher's name. I don't even remember what the teacher's name was. I couldn't tell you who her friends were because I had allowed that to consume so much of me. And I made a decision at that moment that I was going to do two things. I was going to do this 80-20 rule and I was going to enjoy my marriage. 
because I had allowed it to consume me so much. So I would tell that person, do the 80-20, look and pay attention to how much time you really need to dedicate and don't go over 20%. And then the other thing that I would say is to be willing to grow because one of the two of you have to be willing to see the relationship grow. Mm -hmm. If both are just like, whatever, I'm over it, you know, there's no potential. But if you are sitting on the side where if that person decides they're tired of fighting, then I will join them and no longer fighting, right? Then that's great. Be willing to grow in it. Don't have this expectation. It's always going to be this way. It's never going to change because you will be surprised how much it'll change. And I actually have one more thing mm-hmm. that I want to say. Blended family life can be a roller coaster. And as I get older, I don't enjoy roller coaster rides that much. My kids try to get me on. I'm like, I don't like it. I don't, I, that's not my thing anymore. So what I've learned, and someone said this years ago about something totally different, but it applied, which is, you know what? If that person wants to get on the roller coaster ride, you don't have to join them. You can stay on the ground and you can be right there when they get back. So sometimes in this co-parenting, Either we have to choose not to get on the roller coaster ride. We have to choose not to start the roller coaster ride because sometimes it's us, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we have to be aware of ourselves and choose not to start the roller coaster ride or not to be on it and say, I'll be right here on the ground when you get back so that we can co-parent together. I cannot tell you how I'm, how much I love that and how much that resonates with me. I used a similar illustration and something in my Everyday Prayers for Peace book that came out last Christmas where I was talking about a difficult relationship that I have. And it's, it's not a co-parenting issue. It's not a, you know, it's not a divorce issue or anything like that. It's just been a source of hurt over the last, you know, however many years. And I feel like it's one of those relationships that I can't move away from it. There's things that I can't get away from. And those are the hardest of the relationships because in some ways, and I imagine that, that the co-parenting relationship with the other set of parents is kind of like this, like you can't just ignore them, you know, Mm -hmm. on some level you have to work together with them for the sake of that child. And, and yet I was feeling that roller coaster. I could, it, it was almost like it had gotten to the point where I could get, I could tell you based on, you know, certain things that we were getting ready to go up. You know how when you're actually on a roller coaster, yes. which I will tell you, I don't like them much anymore either. <laughs> I loved them when I was growing up, but I don't like them anymore. <laughs> you know, you can tell, like, even if you closed your eyes, you know, when you're starting to go up and you can feel when yes. you're getting to that point where you're getting ready to go back down. And I could tell you based on circumstances and the way they made me feel that we were on the verge of mm-hmm. a, woof, you know, And I hated that feeling because I felt so out of control. Like I can't stop this. And I was praying about it one day and looking at scripture. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to my heart, Brooke, just get off. Mm. Just get off the roller coaster. You don't have to take the ride. And that's exactly what you're saying. You're just saying, you know what? I can't control if anybody else gets on the ride. And they might be encouraging me to come with them on the ride, but I don't have to. Exactly. exactly. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I love that so much. That's such a great illustration. And here's the thing. A lot of the rides start because we major on the minors. Mm. So we could learn to pick and choose our battle. That is probably one of the biggest things that I've seen. And I had to learn everything 
it, it's not about me getting my way with everything or them getting their way with everything. And every little thing is not big enough for a fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just not. We make it that. But it's like sometimes you have to wait. Do I want my peace or do I want this over here? Yeah. Like, is it really worth it? And I think that that's really important. And everyone's co-parenting relationship is not chaotic, but I would assume that just to be honest, after studying and dealing with the courts and, and just, you know, different advocates and things, it's a significant amount of people that do have more of a challenge than there are that doesn't. You know, there's a book that that I read during the time when I was really going through my own challenge and it was called People Can't Drive You Crazy Unless You Give Them the Keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was by Mike, Mike, I never can say his last name, Bechtko or something like that. That book, I think for someone who is co-parenting is super helpful because it helps you to learn how to balance your own um, emotions, to seek God, to be aware of your own emotions and to balance the conversations that you're having and when they are necessary. This is awesome. All right. We'll include a link to all of those things in the show notes. All the resources that you've mentioned today, including your own resources and ministry will be linked in the show notes. So I know people are going to want to take advantage of that. Rachel, thank you so much. I feel like this has been just a great mixture of people listening to you going, yes, she gets it which is great and I think necessary, but also some practical steps. Like this is how I can manage this. So that's the best kind of podcast. So I I appreciate that so much. Tell everybody as we're wrapping up where they can find out more about you and the work that you're doing for the kingdom. Yeah. So I'm going to give you two websites, betterthanblended.com. It's a blended family website. And then my personal website is rachelgscott.com. And that's where you'll see the podcast and the I Can't Come Down Movement, all the other things that I'm doing, the ministry And on social media, you can find me at I am Rachel G. Scott. Awesome. Rachel, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for for having me. Thanks for hanging out with me today, friends. Don't forget to get your copy of our new prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Blended Family. You can find it and more about Rachel G. Scott now in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Million Praying Moms podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Go check them out. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yancey. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend in my new podcast, Billy and the Goat. I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.